evening. Welcome. This is Bible Talk with Jane and Shannon. I am Jane still. And I'm still Shannon. Yes, and tonight we're talking about bread and circuses. Bread and circuses. I love that. Bread and circuses. Two things I really, really love, but of course we're not really talking about literal bread and, well, the circuses that we think of as circuses, but it's very relevant for today. I thought, you know, you could start out. Talking about bread and circuses. What what that is a that is a, a Roman phrase, mm-hmm. bread and circuses. Yes. But tell us what okay. in the world it Here's means. Here's the history of it. Okay, that's where it starts from. There was a Roman poet named Juvenal, and he wrote a poem uh, that was a satire, and he coined the phrase bread and circuses, um, and it was to describe how politicians maintain public approval through distraction. Mm. The phrase expressed a formula that kept the Roman public distracted through a variety of pleasures such as the distribution of food, public bathhouses, gladiator spectacles, and theaters. This political strategy was an effort to placate the masses who were underserved by the Roman government. So basically, the government wasn't doing anything right, so they just provided free entertainment and... Free food. And, yeah. So bread and circuses, what they meant is they would have entertainment, whether it's gladiators or whatever, in the Colosseum, and then they would give free bread to everybody who came. Oh. So if people were poor or people were struggling or some sort of economical stuff, as long as they went to the entertainment and spend their time there, they would get fed. Okay. So it kind of trained them to shut up, just come sit there with your mouth open and eat. I mean, just don't, yeah. don't rock the boat. Don't upset anybody. Just and- do that. The reason why we're talking about this is because it's very like this is what's going on in our society. You placate the masses and keep them distracted. And mm-hmm. and everyone, I think you have to fight distraction because everything's trying to distract you. You have the social media, smartphones. Uh, there's screens everywhere. You go mm-hmm. into any gas station, any any establishment, you'll probably see some big... TV screen. What are you but laughing about? A lot of the new gas stations, you can watch TV while you're pumping Oh, gas. that's right. They have it come right up. Yeah. And they're doing like entertainment news or sports news or something. Right. While you silliness while you're there. Um, I've got some statistics for that. Okay. Just, just a little bit. Okay. The average American spends eight hours and 14 minutes a day on some sort of device. Really? Whether it's your phone, your television, something like that. Okay. 13-year-olds, mm-hmm. this is 13-year-olds in America, mm-hmm. on average, check their phones and their social media 100 times a day. And they will spend over nine hours on media, more time than they spend sleeping or mm-hmm. the time they spend in school. Oh, my goodness. The average American family mm-hmm. will spend $243 a month on entertainment. So wow. all total, in the United States annually, we spend $32 billion on entertainment. Wow. Compared now, to other things. Then. Yeah. Well, let's put that into context here a little bit. Okay. $32 billion? $32 billion. Okay. In context, we have sent $5.6 billion to Ukraine in military aid. Total, since the war started. Okay. But we spent $32 billion on entertainment. On entertainment. Now, another contrast, most people go to church, it's an hour, 
right. hour and a half, mm-hmm. maybe two if you're in our church, mm-hmm. right, with Sunday school and stuff. 27% of Americans attend church on a weekly basis. Oh, that's so sad. 27% will give an hour or two uh-huh. to church. Okay. And yet they will spend eight hours a day on some sort of media of something. Whether they're listening to something on headphones or whether they're sitting in front of a screen or they're looking at their phones or whatever. Now, another contrast with this bread and circus, let's go to the bread part of it. Okay. 38.3 million, 14, almost 15% of the residents of the United States live in what's known as a food insecure household. Mm. Mm-hmm. That means at least once during the year, they did not have enough food or enough means to get food to, to actually feed the people in the household. Mm-hmm. I believe it. Almost I 15% of Americans don't have enough security that, that they know for sure they can feed their family. And yet we're spending $32 billion on entertainment. Wow. Look at the millionaires who are athletes or influencers or actors they're millionaires for providing that mindless entertainment Mm -hmm. where at the same time there are people that are not getting enough food in the same country Mm -hmm. that's the thing that always bothers me okay if we were all comfortably well off Mm -hmm. no problem whatsoever and they spent that money on entertainment okay yeah it's just there Mm-hmm. But the fact that in the same country that we have 15% of our population not knowing if they're going to have enough food to survive, mm-hmm. and then we spend that kind of money on stuff that's not necessary for survival. Mm-hmm. Well, the I've... basic needs are not being met while we're just blindly following. And I've heard people talk about, well, I'm going to move to near this town because it's got great entertainment possibilities. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. And I, so we need to wake up. There's and, nothing wrong with entertainment. And quite I mean, frankly, yeah, you're going to find uh, the extremes in urban settings. Right. You have the extremes at one end. You know, you've got uh, places like California and New York that are known for their entertainment. Mm-hmm. Hollywood and Broadway. Broadway and all that kind of stuff. But they also have some of the most severe poverty in the same cities. Right. We have that problem here in our community. Um, we're considered a food desert because we're so far from uh, being able to get fresh food and food mm-hmm. and healthy food um, because of the distances in things and the poverty level that we have around us. That we live in a very, very poor part of the country, one of the poorest places on, on, in the U.S. And we are very rural, which is part of the problem. Right. But um, this whole concept of bread and circuses is the focus goes away from what's important to what just occupies you and fills you so that you don't notice what's important. Right. It's a distraction technique. Yes. That's all it really is. And this is very much one of the huge tactics the devil uses. Sure. Here, I want to, there's all sorts of uh, scripture that warns against this kind of thing. Uh, The parable of the sower Right. Um, this is, um, I'm looking at the Luke version yep. and Luke eight fourteen. and as for what, what means the seeds and as for the seeds that fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life and their fruit does not mature. And Jesus calls us 
to bear fruit and fruit that would obviously mature. Fruit that's not mature is waste. It's not fruit. It's, it's, it's useless. Right. And so from what I read from this, these people do believe, but they're letting the world take their fruit away. They have a moment of belief, but a lifetime of other stuff that yeah. gets in the way. Right. It interferes. Um, yeah, that, that is a, um, obvious thing. And I think it's obvious to everyone. I don't think anyone, um, can actually say that they don't understand that this is happening to us, especially here in the U S and, um, the pandemic probably increased it. Yes. People were not going to work, so they weren't face to facing everything. Mm -hmm. So instead they were doing everything on these machines. And so that just kept drawing you in and spending more and more time on that. on the machines, because waiting for your Google meetings. So you get on early and you start Googling cruising around. around. Just, right. Yeah. Here's one. Okay. This is, uh, I think this applies. It's, it's again, Jesus says we need to be on guard and take care. Luke twelve fifteen says, and Jesus said to them, take care, be on your guard against all covetousness for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. But I think you could say the same thing. One's life does not consist in experiences in entertainment. Because that's, I guess that's what um, people like, I don't know what they call all our generations. I think we're, what are we, Generation X or something? Yeah, we're Gen Xers. Okay, whatever we are. Old Gen Xers. Okay. But then we. Then it's we, Y, then it's Millennials. I don't know. Okay, the millennials and younger, whatever's after yeah, them. I call them Generation Y. I don't know what they are. <laughs> Whoever made who is Generation I don't A? I don't, I don't know. know who's who. Whatever, them out. but the ones that are like in their twenties, maybe even thirties and younger, they aren't so much into tons and tons of stuff, but they're into experiences. They'll pay big money for experiences. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's the problem. Entertainment in itself is not wrong. But if it's distracting you from what matters, if it doesn't encourage relationships, like some entertainment can't like if you do go on some big experience with your loved ones and it, you include them and it draws you close together, I'd say that's well worth it. And then that would also encourage your faith. I mean, there's there's way to go about this stuff, but if it takes away from your relationships or if it doesn't add to it, um, You've said before, if we're standing still, we're going backward. Mm -hmm. So if we're just mindless and soaking things in, part of that, that's dangerous. You will soak in things you really don't want in your spirit. Anyway, I'm just ranting, I guess. Well, and there's so many warnings in the Bible about this. It's, it's obviously something that was needed to be addressed, and it is addressed over and over again. Um, you know, we are told in, in the Psalms a lot, David talks about that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you. You know, uh, Joshua says the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night. Um, those kind of things, um, Galatians five, but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. These are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Here, uh, and this reminds me of Ecclesiastes in, in chapter 1, verse 10. It says, is there a thing of which it is said, see, this is new? It is 
been already in the ages before us. There is no remembrance of former things, nor will there be any remembrance of later things yet to be among those who come after. So history is repeating itself. And I would say it's not just the Romans who did that. I would say the Nazis did the same thing. Those are just mm -hmm. any, and I guess the question we Americans have to ask, do we care? Cause it seems like a lot of people just don't care if they're getting their needs met and they are entertained. They really don't care. It's happening. Mm -hmm. And I, I guess we need to care. But just like, just like all past societies, if you look at the Romans, if you want to go that direction, um, you would go Babylonians, Syrians, there's the Phoenician. We, we go through all societies, the Egyptians as well. A society is wealthy and doing well. And then it starts to fall apart. Mm. Um, it, it happens in Spain specifically. Spain is a really good historical example. Once uh, Spain started to, they didn't even really colonize uh, the South America and, and Mexico and that area there. Once Spain started to import gold, mm -hmm. the people in Spain stopped working because there was such an influx of gold yeah. that they didn't silver was worthless. Oh, wow. And so they would they brought it in, and it, they became so wealthy that they couldn't really trade with their neighbors. Huh. They could buy from their neighbors, right. from the neighboring countries. They could buy from them because they had... What they Tons thought was un, unexhaustible wealth, uh -huh. but they had nothing that their neighbors wanted other uh, than their money. Oh. And what that did generationally, it got to the point where Spain broke because when the gold stopped coming in, they had nothing to, f they had nothing else in their economy. Oh my. So their production wasn't there and they had nothing. And Spain has never really fully recovered. They've never been a superpower. Right. Since the end of the colonization of North and South America. So every economy that has gone that direction, every society that's gone that direction, the Roman Empire fell. It rotted from the inside out mm -hmm. because of these kind of things. They spent their time on intrigue and plotting and scheming and all that stuff and that's what's amongst themselves yes. to the point where they destroyed their own economy and their own people would rise up against them. And the people that they had been masters over saw the weakness and came after him. Right. And the United States is the same way. We just went through the pandemic, okay? Terrible thing, the pandemic. Terrible, terrible thing, COVID. But in doing so, as that went through, we got dependent on not going to work. People are quitting now if they have to go to work. Yeah. So we got dependent on not going to work. We got dependent on things like uh, the social media and all that kind of stuff. And quite frankly, we got dependent on the government paying for it and sending us checks. Yes. And what we find now is we are at, we're above 9% inflation and the economy is suffering and the grocery store shelves are starting to empty out and gas prices are up and all those things are up. And people say, well, somebody fix it for me. Mm -hmm. Somebody send a check. Somebody put money into it. Where's the money come from? I don't care as long as I get mine. I, and I think our society is getting that. And basically, we'll turn on each other. Mm -hmm. It's going to happen. And I have an example. When I was back 
visiting my family in Illinois just a couple weeks ago, uh, our, our sister-in-law, Matt's, mm-hmm. Matt's wife, she, uh, t- talking about her work and they had recently hired someone to take, you know, uh, a position and she was only there for like a few days because she didn't understand that she had to be at work at eight every day. Every day. And this was someone with a master's degree. And yeah, we, but it, I mean, what do you say to that? How could you not know that? But I think people are losing all sorts of things mm-hmm. and, uh, they want a socialist they, I mean, the social media and, and mm-hmm. things you hear in the media and, and the kind of stuff they, uh, broadcast throughout society that they want a socialist com- country. Well, we'll probably get it. And then once they have it, they'll say, Oh, shoot, this is lousy. Well, and that happened, that has happened in a lot of societies just like that, where it has fallen and either it has fallen from history. You know, there is no Roman Empire. There right. is there is no there is no empires left in the country in the world. Um, communism. Ask somebody who lives under it if they enjoy it. Yeah. You know, like China. Um, those things, are, the people themselves mm-hmm. don't do well, but the governments do very well. Mm-hmm. China has an incredibly powerful economy, but they're still paying their people pennies compared mm-hmm. to the U.S. So. Mm-hmm. As we as we look at these things going on, biblically, it's predictable. Mm-hmm. Here, here's a. This is a Jeremiah sixteen eighteen, and it's God speaking. He says, "But first, I will doubly repay their iniquity and their sin, because they have polluted my land with the carcasses of their detestable idols, and have filled my inheritance with their abominations." This is talking about Israel, but. I think this can apply to America that I think we're reaping what we have sown. We've been given so much. And again, I mentioned this in a couple podcasts ago, we've put so much filth out into the world and it's more and more and more. And, and I just, I don't know. I don't think we should expect any more than what we have well no we're getting we're getting into um that circuses thing again yes our entertainment is getting coarser and coarser and shock value and um what people are willing to do to become famous yes or to become wealthy they're willing to sacrifice all their self all their dignity and all everything they have and it's, um, and people applaud that. I mean, they get all the yeah, attention. Yeah, they get the money because people people want want to look at them. Yeah. And I guess okay. So all that we're talking about, I'm sure anyone who's listening, this doesn't surprise anybody. No. So how do we combat this? How do we, uh, how do we as 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 believers live in a bread and circus society? I mean, what is for us to know this is happening? How do we, we, we have to be those voices in the desert like John the Baptist was, mm-hmm. or we we have to be one of those people who will stand in the gap for our country, for our fellow, fellow 
citizens, fellow citizens of the world even. Because it's, mm-hmm. I don't think it's just America. I no. think it's the entire world. No. Is... We're just, we're just going faster because we have the ability to do so. Right. Um, yeah. And the, di- the, the change that needs to happen is we have to intentionally focus on something else. Mm. I mean, Jesus was tempted by bread in the desert. Yes, that's right. I mean, that's simple. Turn these stones into bread if you're, and Jesus said, man does not live on bread alone. Mm-hmm. But if you're not living on bread alone, what else are you living on? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to read from Second Peter here, mm-hmm. uh, chapter 3. You, therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, be on your guards. You're not carried away by the error of unscrupulous people and lose your own com- firm commitment. But grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. But grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. It has to be an intentional thing mm-hmm. where you stop looking at one thing and start looking at something else. You have to take your eyes off of one thing that you know is not good and put it on something that you know is good. Right. You know, um, that that concept of intentionality, because it's not intentional to binge watch Netflix. Right. It's just you can just sit there and veg out on it and stay there forever. It has to be an intentional thing that that you focus on. And going back to what you mentioned, the temptation of Jesus when he was in the desert, and if people have read that story, it's in Matthew and well, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, I think. And the one in Luke is in Luke four. Is that remember he every time he answers. The temptation he uses scripture, mm-hmm. but uh, Satan after the first temptation, which were the, was the bread, mm-hmm. and the second temptation, he Satan used scripture. uses scripture, and mm-hmm. not just one scripture; he uses two verses. And so the thing is, we need to know scripture, but we need to really know it right. because the tempter will use scripture to justify anything. And he can, and if he, he or your flesh tempts you so much into sin, Mm -hmm. then what's going to happen in the very next breath is that your flesh and the, and that Satan will condemn you for what they just tempted you to do. Mm -hmm. So don't go there, you know, don't. Well, first, first Peter five, eight, be sober minded, be watchful. Mm. Your adversary, the devil, prowls, or prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Mm. If you are not watching, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. If you are not focused on the resisting that kind of, of mindset, it's going to overtake you. Mm-hmm. And it can for all of us. Mm-hmm. It can for all of mm-hmm. us. People get addicted to so many things. I, I don't have any statistics on it right now, but I'll just give you some anecdotal stuff that I see myself mm-hmm. when I was in school mm-hmm. and watching the kids there, they're not allowed to have phones and they're the, the repercussions of pulling your phone out in class can be mm-hmm. pretty rough. And I mean, we take the phone away for the hour and mm-hmm. second time you take it for the day and third time, um, parents have to come and get it and all those kind of things. Um, I have seen children. When I say children, I mean, high school kids, that if they lose their phone for the day, mm-hmm. it's a physical withdrawal. Mm-hmm. They get 
twitchy and jittery and edgy and they don't know if somebody's talking to them on social media and they're not answering and they don't know is this person not going to like me because I'm not immediately responding to all this stuff. They are so, they are physically, physically, chemically addicted yeah. to that constant distraction. Mm -hmm. Addicted to distraction. Yeah. That's an interesting concept mm -hmm. because what are they missing in the real world while they're mm -hmm. spending all this time on this Right. Distraction stuff. On yeah, the other side. and the distraction really isn't real. No, but it's and it's not. That's their world, and it's not important. Um, a social media conversation when you're not facing anyone is nowhere near the relationship you're going to have if you're face to face with someone. Right. And you're not going to say the same things. You're not going to act the same way. You're not going to misinterpret someone saying right because you're seeing body language and everything mm -hmm. with it. All of those things we're losing that connectivity with each other. And the same thing's happening in the church. Mm. We're losing that connect connectivity. If we look at 27% of the population actually spending an hour in fellowship, 27%. Now, there's a very large, a much larger percentage claim to be Christians, but they don't ever attend church or their CNEs, you know, Christmas and Easter. And in doing that, they are losing that connection and that focus and they have no accountability. Mm -hmm. If we did not have a rule on in school of the kids being off their phones, oh, they'd be on them all the time. They would be on them the entire hour, learn absolutely nothing. And, and you'd be wasting your time bothering to teach because they'd just be on their phones. Mm -hmm. And they honestly believe kids honestly believe I don't need to know it if I can Google it. So if I can go on the internet and I can Google the answer, I don't need to know anything. I just Google the answer, mm -hmm. which was just would be awesome in the middle of heart surgery. If your doctor had to look it up because he didn't, didn't learn it in school, he's just going to Google it. Mm -hmm. You know, you just can't, we can't live this way for very long without falling into such self-destruction that we, that we implode. Yeah. There's um, Jesus is sending out his 12 disciples to give them authority mm -hmm you know, preach and all that. And uh, Matthew ten sixteen says, Behold, I'm sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Mm. And I think we have to remember that if people are not living intentionally, any of us, mm -hmm. it's very easy to be lulled to sleep and just take in whatever we see. So we who are living intentionally, who want to make a difference, who don't want to go with this bread and circus mentality. We need to be those voices. But we also have to remember a lot of other people are falling asleep and don't care that much, and they might rise up. There could be a mob mentality. So we do have to be wise as serpents, but we have to stay innocent as doves. We can't fall. We, ooh, I have another verse. Wait, this is a great verse. Let me get to it. Second Corinthians. Oops. All right, Second Corinthians ten. I'm gonna go three through 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 six, okay? Mm -hmm. Okay, so for though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. So that means we cannot use their tactics. Those are mm -hmm. worldly tactics. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. 
We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. Take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. So you take captive all thoughts Mm -hmm. to uh, take captive to Jesus Christ. But we don't, we don't react the way people who are living by the world standards react. And if we look at what we're talking about here, and if we discuss it with each other, we will all agree that this is happening. Yeah. I don't think anyone can say that that's not really happening. And speaking to Christians, speaking to people of that, that know the truth, there is no excuse. We see it. It's obvious. I'm going to read from Luke here. Okay. <clears throat> Luke 21, this is Jesus saying, There will be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars and on the earth, distress among nations and perplexity at the roaring of the sea and the waves, people fainting from fear and the expectation of the things that are coming upon the world, for the powers of of the heavens will be shaken. And then he goes on to say, And then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud. But he says, But you, when these things take place, straighten up and lift up your heads, Hmm. because your redemption is drawing near. And going a little bit farther down, he says, but be on your guard so that your hearts will not be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of life. And that this day will not come on you suddenly like a trap Mm. for it will come upon all those who live on the face of the earth. Stay alert at all times, praying that you have the strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the son of man. Mm. So Jesus said, people are going to use all sorts of things to have an excuse mm-hmm. fear and, and wonder and all these different things about stuff that's going on and not see the reality of it until it's too late. Mm-hmm. But he said, you right. be on guard so that this doesn't happen to you. He doesn't say, so you guys know better. So when I, don't worry about it. He says, we you have to be, have on, to be guard. on guard because right. that is Satan can't take our salvation, but he can take our witness. Yeah. And he can take us away from focusing on God. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, one of the passages that unfortunately um, comes up a lot in my sermons and comes up a lot lately is when you look around and you see all this stuff going on. I'm going to go to Second Timothy here. Yeah, that's, but that's Second Timothy 3 starts out, but understand this, that in the last days, this is the time Jesus was talking about, there will come times of difficulty for people will be lovers of self lovers of money proud arrogant abusive disobedient to their parents ungrateful unholy heartless unappeasable slanderous without self-control brutal not loving good treasure treacherous reckless swollen with conceit lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of god having the appearance of godliness but denying its power avoid such people for among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women, burdened with sins, and led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at the knowledge of the mm-hmm. truth. And I don't know of a more ignorant, educated society than the United oh. States. I do not know of a more ignorant, mm-hmm. educated society. I know. Right now, um, you can pay six figures to send your child to college for four years. 
And all that's going to really come out of that is the fact that they will hate you and conservative values and Christian values when they're done. Harvard, Yale, all of those colleges were started as Christian colleges mm -hmm. to, to educate people to teach the Bible. Mm -hmm. And now they are the pantheons of uh, liberal uh, lasciviousness. And it is just, it has gone, we have gone so far from where we started. And unless something is done, unless we do something about it, we're going to reap what we sow. And it's just going to get to that point where, uh, like the Roman Empire, we can cease to exist. Mm -hmm. We're not guaranteed survival throughout, no matter what we be, how we behave. Not going to work that way. Yeah. And as a country, uh, that concerns me. Mm -hmm. I, I love my country. I love the people in my country. But it concerns me, and it it breaks my heart as a as an educator to see that happening to our individual, to our kids, the individuals. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, they don't read. Yeah. They just want entertainment. Yeah. They don't uh, research. They don't look for a, their own opinion. They just go with, well, I saw somebody said this or they heard this. And those, that generation will become responsible for this country very soon. Mm -hmm. They're, they're the ones that are going to be voting. They're the ones that are going to be working. They're the ones that are going to be making decisions for all the rest of us. And as we let it slide, it's going to get worse and not better. Yeah. How is a child going to rebel against a child of today? When they get older, how do they rebel? They take it one step farther. They go farther and farther. And we cannot, as a country, sustain that kind of weight. No without collapsing. Mm -hmm. So as Christians, as believers, what should we be doing? Well, first, you really need to know your word. you got to know the word. Yeah. If you don't know the word well, then even if you know the word well, just keep studying it because we can never study it enough. we got to know the word because that's the foundation. Th these are God's own words. And... The more you know the word, the more you'll hear God speaking to you in other ways too. I mean, he will, he'll speak through anything, but if you don't have this, this root, your rootedness in the word, knowing the word, you won't know if it's God or not sometimes. And, and the devil comes as an angel of light at times. And he can say some, some things that sound so good, like this, this new, uh, argument about why abortion is right. No one can tell me what to do with my body or whatever it is they're saying these days. You know what? That does sound logical. Yeah, but it's not your body we're talking about. I know. We're talking about somebody else's Yeah, body. I know. I know that. That's the argument. That, that's, the, that's the red herring there is. Oops, sorry. You can't tell me what to do with my body. You're right. But I can tell you what not to do with somebody else's body. Correct. But I was just saying it sounds... You know, and then there's people who... Well, I don't agree with abortion, but I'm not going to tell a woman what she has to do with her body. So, I mean, it sounds, mm. it sounds like you're being compassionate mm -hmm. when in fact that is completely anti-God. He created that little life. And in, that's the opposite of compassion. Yeah. It's, 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 I will say, we didn't, I didn't mean to bring up abortion, but I will say abortion is not physically good for the woman's body. 
it's not good. But of course, it's definitely not good for the baby because the baby is killed. But for the woman, an abortion is not a healthy thing. How hard do you have to? How how, how far do you have to go in hardening your heart to have that not affect you emotionally? And that will that hardening of the heart will affect everything in your life. Mm-hmm. I, I oh, it, it pains me to think about the effect, the long term effect of what an abortion will have on a woman I've who heard, takes a child. I've I've read. And if you later on have a child, do you do you not immediately go, well, what would have happened if there'd yeah. been if I'd have kept that? I one? know. Or if you can't have children afterwards, which happens. It does as happen. Well. I I think I'm sure that. Many women who have had an abortion think of their baby that they'll never meet, or, or they might meet in heaven if they're believers and they go to heaven, that baby's in heaven. But I'm sure their birthday comes around every year, and you know they have to think about the baby. And if they don't, then they have hardened their hearts because naturally the way God has made women, uh, and some of us are more maternal than other women, I mean, that's, that's, there's differences, but if God is, is, if you have carried a child, you have a tie there. And even if the child dies, you still have that tie. This sounds like we have another podcast. Wow. Yeah. We, we got off kind of off topic. Well, not really. I want to pull something back around just a little bit. To our bread and circuses. To our bread and circuses and the intentionality of life. Proverbs 4, 25 through 27 says, Let your eyes look directly forward and your Mm -hmm. gaze be straight before you. Mm -hmm. Ponder the path of your feet. Then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. Mm -hmm. Be intentional about where you put your feet, where you put your mind, where you put your money, where where you put your emotion. Be intentional about those things. Mm -hmm. If you were walking... um, Last year, my sister and I had a wonderful time at Custer State Park with our horses. Mm-hmm. And it is very, very rough country. Mm-hmm. A lot of rocks, a lot of loose rock you're walking mm-hmm. on. And it's very steep horses. hills. And, yeah. and you learn very quickly to let the horse pick their way through it. You never mm-hmm. rush through that stuff. You just take your time mm-hmm. and let the horse pick his way through it. And they do fine. Mm-hmm. But they are intentionally putting their feet where they need to put them. Yeah. And if it's a wrong place, they'll immediately move away from it. But they will intentionally pick their way through that. Now, if you think of life being the same way, there are so many minefields out there just waiting for you to step off the true path. And the only way not to have anything happen is to focus on what you're doing. So, you know, going back to a minefield concept, if you knew you were in a minefield and the mines had little tiny markers on them, you would pay very close attention to where you're walking. Right. We're walking in a minefield right now. Right. And it's overwhelmingly fulfilled. And there is only one path through it that will protect you and keep you safe. And that is a narrow road. Jesus talks about narrow is the way. It's a narrow road to avoid all those pitfalls and all those traps and all those other things. <laughs> and we have to intentionally focus on that. And I, I want to... We can end with this. Okay. Uh, something I read today. Oh, two things that Jesus says in, uh, I'm in Luke right now. So, mm-hmm. uh, he said in Luke 10, 23b says, mm-hmm. 
Jesus says, blessed are the eyes that see what you see. Hmm. And then he says in Luke eleven twenty eight, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. So I bring those up because if you want to have a blessed life, a happy life, a joyful life, you've realized what you're seeing. Hmm. You see God and then you hear the word of God. You take the time to hear it and then you keep it. Mm-hmm. If, if you if you're not doing that, um, you're not going to have a blessed life. Seek the truth. Understand the truth. Seek the understanding. Go through the Spirit and ask the Holy Spirit to help you understand, and then do what you know. Mm-hmm. Not easy. Not easy for any of us. It's easy for any of us to get distracted, but losing your soul to bread and circuses. Terrible thought. Yeah. Well, hopefully, this is something that has been of interest to you. I know we've gone longer, probably than we ever have before, but mm. I think it's a, I think it's a relevant and timely thing for us to be talking about. Mm-hmm. And I think it's sobering. So, yeah. Okay. God bless. Yep. We'll talk with you later.